Hello and welcome to The Donfather, a family podcast about a deflated football club. And it's not often you're in front when the final siren goes and yet you don't come away with the four points. That one stung a little bit, didn't it, Laura? That one was painful. That one was so painful. Um, That, after the siren kick. Mm. And especially with the controversy of uh, the, it gave us a little bit of hope with the score review. Did they touch it? Did they not touch it? Yeah, that one, that one stings. Oh, it hurts my soul. I was so devastated. It was, oh, look, the big negative. The big dislike is we did not win the game. Mm-hmm. I find it very difficult to find many more dislikes across that game. There are a couple, and we'll get to them, listeners, yes. Uh, but I don't think you can have, given the circumstances, you can have a better performance against one of the top two teams. This is, um, I think, after the game, maybe, maybe. No, they wouldn't have been top because Collingwood's. They're still number two. Still number two. But those two, Collingwood Port Adelaide this season, are clearly the best two teams in the competition. Then there's a fair gap. Then there's the rest. And Mm -hmm. to consider when the final siren went, we were in front. And last time we played them, we had a similar opportunity to draw the game and potentially get in front. Uh, I'm I'm pretty proud of the group, to be honest. I agree with you. I think there was definite potential, given how well Port Adelaide are playing, that they could have just wiped the floor with us this mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think potentially had it been in Adelaide, that's what would have happened as well. Mm, I'm, I'm not sure about that. Well, given, maybe not, actually. That how, might not be fair. Given how well we played um, when we did see them in Adelaide. What it, what it does say to us is that performance against Fremantle was certainly the low point of the season. That was that was a blip. That wasn't a um, something that was going to be consistent and maintained across the season. Uh, yeah. Because this, this performance would literally have beaten any Every other, other team. team in the competition. So yeah. And almost beat this team as well. That's right. That's right. So there's... There's really, really a lot to like. Um, the where do we start? Would well, think... you know what I really liked? This is not even to do with the game, but um, and by the time this episode plays, um, it will be too late. But Adam Cooney's Instagram stories was like pretty funny. I don't know if anybody has anybody saw it, but um. His wife was recording watch him watching that last kick yeah. and the kick, he sees the kick and it's heading through the goals and he just drops the biggest F-bomb and walks away. And I was like, that pretty much sums that, it up. That sums it. You know, we didn't get much out of Adam Cooney from an uh, on-field perspective because of the way his body was and the way his knee was, et cetera. Jeez, um, I'm glad he was a bomber. I'm I love Adam so Cooney so glad. much. And 
He's almost what? more a bomber than he was a bulldog, and that's where he won his Brownlow. He had all um, the success at the Bulldogs. He had all yeah, the success at the Bulldogs. I don't know. This is not really an Adam Cooney podcast, but I don't know if anybody watched him on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, but he's just such a great bloke, and I'm so glad that he was an Essendon man. And, like, and, he came in in the rabble of 2016 as well, right, and yeah. his body wasn't right, but he's just such the ultimate Essendon man, and I just really love him. Yeah. And I also feel for him because he actually was talking on that show about how he um, felt like he didn't deserve his Brownlow and he was almost embarrassed and ashamed that he'd won the Brownlow. Mm, and I think, mm. like, to have been awarded the highest honour that individual honour you can as a player, that's that really makes me sad. Um, but anyway. I don't, I don't think you win a Brownlow by accident. And, absolutely. And, and even, if you have, even if you have one good year, even if you have one good year and that's all you do for your career, I, I don't think you ever are an undeserving winner of the Brownlow. Unless you're Trent Cotchin or Sam Mitchell, in which you yes. did not top the votes and Joe Watson's Brownlow was... I think they're... I, and I will go to my grave saying they are undeserving winners of the Brownlow, but... I agree, and especially because it was Sam Mitchell and I hate that guy, yep. also recently inducted into the Hall of Fame yep. as a, you know... Brownlow medal winner when he actually didn't win the Brownlow medal. But apart from that, I don't think you ever finish on top of the vote count uh, and are undeserving of the the win of the Brownlow. But that's I agree. A, a different topic for a different day. Um, that's right. He, he just channeled all of us when we saw that. Exactly. Going I watched through. that video and I was just like, I yep. feel your pain, mate. Yep. I feel your pain. So, look, as we say, there's a lot to like, really a lot to like. Number one for me, well, there's two of these these players, but I really liked Ben Hobbs's game. Yeah. Um, he there was a couple of things that we'll talk about that he could have cleaned up. He's not the only one, but I really liked Ben Hobbs's game. He mm-hmm. is just going from strength to strength to strength, getting more midfield time, and I really like our ability to rotate him and Caldwell and Parrish, who are three what you would say is very similar players through that mm-hmm. midfield mix and have just this hardness around the ball that we haven't had for such a long time. And mm-hmm. Obbs in particular just really stood up in, in the wet conditions when we really needed to him to. Yes. I'm disappointed that he missed that very kickable shot. And all of these misses, every single one of them literally have cost us the game. So it's mm-hmm. not like... It's not like there we didn't have the opportunity to to win this game comfortably, well, mm-hmm. relatively comfortably, but all yeah. of these misses. But his his shot about twenty meters out, directly in front, really needs to go through. Um, it's probably three. But you know he really good game. Get a goals. Really, really good game. Yeah. Um, big dislike for me is that Willie Rioli did not play, and we could not boo him. Why do we want to boo Willie Rioli? Because last time we played, he knocked out uh, Ridley and That's did not right. get suspended for it. That's right. That's right. Yes. Well, we weren't at the game, so we couldn't have booed him anyway. Not the point. I would have booed him in my TV. You would have, yes. Can confirm. Mm, mm. Yes. So. I, feel like, um, I feel like I'm eating my words a little bit this week. Mm. I feel like Andrew Phillips had a good game. Yeah, Andrew Phillips did have a really, really good game. And I was concerned 
un, when the teams were selected that we were going in with just one Ruckman. But obviously, mm-hmm. uh, the coaches had done their homework and they knew that uh, Lysette was under a cloud and that they didn't have a backup Ruckman. And mm-hmm. I, I'm, I said to our group a couple of days before the game that I think they're going to place Wiedemann around as the second Ruck for a couple of reasons. He did it really well at VFL level, won a premiership at VFL level last year doing that uh, mm-hmm. and shooting in the ruck. Means that Peter Wright can stay in the forward line, but also gets him around the ball and potentially improves his form by just mm-hmm. get him, getting him out of that just being a key forward role. So when he's around the ball, he can actually use his body to, get he, to impact the contest. He can get his hands on the football. And I think he, for the most part, had a better game than he has recently. But uh, he's just, you can just tell. You can just tell mm. he's so devoid of confidence right now. He dropped a couple mm. of relatively easy marks, missed probably the easiest shot of the night. Um, mm-hmm. and I said it, that to you when we're watching, actually. Yeah. Like, he definitely was was better. Yeah. Yesterday he had one of his better games in the most recent weeks, but him kicking that kicking for that goal, he's just got no confidence. And when he missed it, you could just tell, like, it yeah. was just shattering for him yeah and i think if you're the coaching group i think you've just got to dropping him's not going to improve his confidence right he's he's mm-hmm. come from a club where he's been dropped weak you know plays one game gets mm. dropped for two but so i don't think you can drop him but i think what you need to do given we've got adelaide coming up and i don't think they play a second ruckman i think they pinch hit with a forward in the ruck I mm-hmm. think you've just got to persist with this and use that time around the ball to get him a little bit more confidence, get his hands on the football, um, because they obviously don't think Brian is ready. If they thought Brian was ready, then he would have come in for this game. They would have played two rucks. So mm. um, in hindsight, could you have played Brian and let him, you know, play against that first gamer and, and have someone... because. When you watch him in the VFL against Ruckman of similar age or similar maturity, he actually dominates them. He he wins taps. He um he smashes them around the ground. And so I think he would have actually you could have played Phillips against the forwards that were going in the ruck. The um Himmel not Himmelbergs whatever that dickhead's name is. Finlayson, uh, your yeah, favourite guy. Oh. Uh, against Finlayson, you could have got an advantage there, and then you could have played Brian against the the Senti who came in late. Um, but mm-hmm. anyway, not important. I think for the Wiedemann was better, but geez, he he's just struggling, really struggling with confidence, isn't he? Yeah, he really is. But I think I think you're right. I don't think the answer is to drop him. I think they need to put him in positions where he's given opportunities to um, to thrive, to get his hands on the ball to do some things and I don't think that that's in the forward line currently I think he's lacking too much confidence with his kicking ability and so I do think yeah I don't think dropping him to the VFL will be the answer I think that will further destroy his confidence and then how do you come back from that so Mm. especially while Draper is injured I think Mm. we need to persist with him Mm. it's um it was a really interesting game in general because they, very similar to the one in Adelaide, we just could not get the ball out of our full, out of our backline early, and mm-hmm. it's a credit it's credit to our backline that they set up so well and managed to create poor scoring shots and and 
Port missed a couple, but none of them were really... I don't remember any being real easy sitters. A lot yeah. were kicks from 30 metres out, etc. So they, it wasn't like they were all 10 metres in front, missing, hitting the post, etc., etc. They were out wide to the boundary and those sorts of things. And so I think a real positive for us is that we were able once again to absorb that pressure and still be in the game going into quarter time. We were, mm-hmm. we were able to take it and then our game got on top. And I think for the most part, for the next three quarters, we actually controlled the majority of the contest. It's just that they are a better team than we are right now. Mm-hmm. What, I, what I felt watching it was that particularly late in the game, it was through like that midfield role with like um, Charlie Dixon um, and those guys that we were struggling to get the ball out there, you know, mm. from that like mid into our forward line. Mm, mm. They they just seem to be much bigger and much bigger than us and kind of overpowering in that way. Not mm, in terms yeah. of skill, but it was just like their size yeah. was too much for our players. Yeah, what definitely. It felt like. And and that's where Hobbs really helped us because not that big, but he was able to really put his body over the ball. But there was quite a few times, particularly as the rain came down in late, that they would just run at the ball and because they were bigger, the ricochet would go forward for them and they would get it. And then yeah. once we got on the outside and got the ball moving, and a really good coaching move by um, Brad Scott was to get Zach Merritt behind the ball and use mm-hmm. his um, ability to help us navigate out of that press and use his mm-hmm. really good kicking. And and that was, again, a big tick from from Brad Scott to make that move and start to get us some drive going forward. And once we got it into our forward line, still a bit of a concern in that it bounced out relatively easily and that um, Aaliyah had another quite good game. But once they put Langford onto him, he did a great job shutting him down. But we were Mm -hmm. just a little bit inefficient going forward, weren't we? We just didn't quite get value out of the, the time in forward half that we were able to conjure. Yeah, I yeah, it felt like it it took a long time for us to get the ball into our forward half and then when it was there there was like one opportunity and if that opportunity was missed then then that was too late. Mm. And I think our forward line mix I think is probably still a little bit off because mm-hmm. you would hope that on a wet night like this and with um Wright and Wiedemann there that they'll they're going to bring the ball to ground but mm-hmm. it would hit the ground and then Port would sort of waltz it out. So whether it's yeah. a setup thing, whether it's the way that we're choosing to play, I would hope that when the ball hits the ground, we've got a small forward about to attack it and and really yeah. putting pressure on um, that that Port player, whoever it is, trying to bring it out. And we just didn't seem to be able to do that regularly enough. But mm. as the game turned our way, we saw that from Merritt. We saw that from the midfielders pushing forward. So it could be a structural thing rather than... Um, an application or an effort thing. Mm. What what position were they playing Guelphie in last night? Because I felt like I noticed him more actually in the back line and in defence than what I did in the forward. Like there was a few times where it went to ground in the defence and he kind of popped up with it or like half back, maybe not like in the back line specifically, but that half back position. Yeah, that was when, when they were really piling on the pressure and we were dropping deep. Everyone was following their man in. And so then that's why we couldn't get out because if we got possession of the ball, we had no one to kick it to and, and no one to push it forward. So he was definitely playing forward, but it kind of similar to the last game that if they keep kicking behinds or we keep rushing them and they keep not scoring, then 
you don't get to reset and you and clearances let me have a look at the team stats but clearances seem to me to be relatively even mm-hmm. um and 30 to 28 um yeah and center clearances were 10 to 12 their way so once you once it went back to the middle it was kind of 50 50 which way it was going to go but because they were mm. so inefficient particularly early in that game we couldn't get it out and we couldn't they weren't scoring and we didn't get the chance to go back to 666 and then use the the ability of parish and the ruck dominance which to be honest i didn't think we got much value out of we didn't get as much value from phillips dominating the hit outs as i would have liked often mm. We, he would get the hit out and then Port would come away for it, with it or we'd get a handball and they'd intercept it or something like that. So that was that was something that quite was really frustrating watching that game is that we clearly mm-hmm. had the ruck uh, dominance and couldn't get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. I did feel watching it that it was fairly just evenly matched everywhere and mm-hmm. it was mostly just like their size that sometimes worked to their advantage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of skill, in terms of effort, in terms of everything. Yeah, and I don't yeah, you could watch the game was clearly better. Mm, mm. And they a lot of things a lot of fifty fifties tended to go their way. Like mm-hmm. um and this we ended up with more free kicks and um, and the umpires were not the reason we lost the game. But there was, you know, a few instances where we'd be about to relieve the pressure and Port would throw it and or, you know, incorrect disposal not get paid and then that same thing would be paid against us. And mm. it's it's not the number of free kicks. It's not the um the it's it's really the time and the area, right? Where they get paid. Yeah. And and that was quite frustrating for me. Um that just that inconsistency when things are not going your way, to have that on top of it really can can be incredibly frustrating to to watch and, and I can imagine to play with. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. It's just yeah, it's not so much how many it's like when and also not even when it's like yeah the inconsistency so you're going to have differences from one game to another but you would hope that in within the one game that there would be consistency around decisions mm-hmm. and yeah and that was that was definitely a frustration that particularly and you feel it more when you're playing a team that's better than you right and and yeah in that like oh we need this to go our way because you know Porter a nine out of ten, and we're a seven out of ten. So we need that free kick. Oh, it didn't get paid. Now it's back the other way, and they really punish you. When you're playing teams that are are worse than you, or that you're clearly in front of, those free kicks don't feel as as um, important. They don't feel as damaging. Um, yeah. But when you're really, you need to, to get a win like this. You need everything to go your way, and it doesn't. It, it can be very, very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I so. Hear you. I feel like our midfield matched theirs relatively well. They just have, at the moment, they've just got a little bit more class. So if you give someone like Rosie a little bit of space, you give someone like Butters a little bit of space, then they're going to be a little bit more damaging at this stage of their careers than, say, Caldwell, Hobbs, Archie Perkins. Not that our players won't get to that point. It's just that those little differences in quality, the amount of games they'll be able to get into Rosie and Butters. You know, when when Perkins has played the same amount of games and Caldwell and Hobbs have played the same amount of games, they're going to be equally damaging. But right mm-hmm. now, it was just the the quality across the board for them is just a little bit higher. The connection was a little bit higher. Um, yeah. Well, they're just we're... a little bit more experienced and a little bit more polished than what we are. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, let's call us year one and let's call them year five. Yeah. So it's, I thought we matched them really well. I thought Parrish had a really good game apart from kicking 04 and again, two really kickable ones. One late, uh, one in the last quarter when uh, he was pretty free, about 20 metres out and just missed a shot. And then mm. the very last one that launched mm. the the um, score to get it down the end, other end. Both of those, you know, either of those go through and we win the game. But he's definitely, definitely was there for the four quarters, unlike last week. So really, really pleased with mm-hmm. his performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Again, I don't know what it represents in the stats. And maybe I'm just a bit more Archie Perkins hyper aware. But it felt to me that Archie had a really good game. Mm-hmm. I um, felt that too. I felt like he had a good game for sure. I'm just fine. Only 12 touches, right? 12 touches and, and a point. Uh, mm. Eight kicks, four handballs. Let's see. Uh, clearances. Think... Yeah, three tackles, two clearances. I don't know. He just seemed to be he seems to be getting around the contest a little bit better, and he seems to be winning sort of 60-40s the other way, right? He's not getting easy possessions. He's getting mm-hmm. he's getting the ball in tight. He's doing some good things. He's creative with his kicks. He's creative with his handballs. So, I, yeah, I, I'm just really liking the way that he's building. When we can get him up to consistently 20, 25 touches a game, I think we'll have a really, really good player on our hands. But to me, he just seems to be doing less flashy things and more, mm. more good contributions across the board, if that makes sense. Well, yeah. I just I think it's not necessarily the number of possessions that you get, but it's like, what are you doing with it? And I think they're effective possessions. And he's getting around the contest and he's just doing some really good things. Whereas, mm. like, it felt like in the last couple of years, you would just see him pop up for a freakish goal every now and then. Yeah, or a, great, yeah. or a great pass or something like that. Whereas yeah. um, we're getting consistent value out of him, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, the forward line, how do you think they went as a whole? I think they lacked cohesion. Mm, yeah, I think it's going to take them a little bit of time to start to learn how to work with each other again. Yeah. yeah. I think that bringing Peter Wright in has really quite changed the dynamic. Mm. Um, they played, you know, for given it's a very young team and they're playing a new game plan and a new game style or maybe a better executed game plan and game style under Brad Scott. That obviously was developed with Peter Wright as the key forward in mind, Mm. and then he got injured. And so then Mm. for the first half of the season, they had to adapt that and play Mm. a different way. And now he's back, and I feel like they're being asked to adjust again. Mm. So I don't know that you can necessarily be annoyed about it i just think that they're now learning how to work with a different dynamic again i'm interested to see this sunday at marvel under the roof how the forward line goes because the last two games that we've played Fremantle last year with the third best defense in the competition um and they've got some really good key defenders alex pierce etc and we Peter Wright, I think, was given the job on a Lear Lear, more so than, you know, and it was raining and at the G and, and against a really strong midfield, et cetera. 
So I'm mm -hmm. I'm interested to see how the forward line functions this week more so, and I'm willing to kind of give them a a pass for the last couple of weeks. And I mean, we nearly won the game, right? So it's not like mm -hmm. we we couldn't kick a score. Um, mm -hmm. But it, yeah, five goals on on return, great, and then two games goalless uh, mm -hmm. with Wiedemann not firing. Um, is a bit of concern. I mean, Langford, again, three goals, one, carrying the team. Really pleased. This guy, I think, why did if he doesn't win? If he doesn't win the best and fairest this year, oh, actually, Zach Merritt's in there, hey? There's a few. There's a few. Redmen. <laughs> Nick Martin. Yeah, well. There's a few. That could, he, but, I mean, he, yeah. he's had a great year. He's had a really, He's a really superstar. Yeah. He's really, this year, just found his position, found... He's like the guy that you can rely on. Mm. He's so yeah. reliable and he just continually, week after week, steps up when we're like, we need a hero. Yeah. Langdon steps up. And that's the thing. Like we saw late in the last quarter when we were down by 16 points mm. and we're like, oh, man, I think, I think this is done. Caldwell mm. gets a goal. And mm -hmm. then Langford takes a huge pack mark and mm -hmm. goes back and slots it. And it's like, oh, we we might be on here. And, yeah. I mean, Cornwell's last quarter, in fact, was huge. Um, two mm -hmm. goals, uh, assists, really hard at it, um, really, really pleased with, with his last quarter. And, mm -hmm. and this, is, this is what gives me so much hope going forward, as we were talking about earlier. When we get that balance right, Parrish, Caldwell, Hobbs, Setterfield comes back in, Shield comes back in. I mean, Shield came in for a quarter and he, you know, put his body on the line and, and worked hard, but mm. it really a difficult game, not much space, not much mm -hmm. football. When we get that midfield mix right with Merritt, with, with the others, and what we're seeing from Merritt at the moment is that he's got this ability. We can throw him to a half-forward flank or a half-back flank for five minutes, and he can be really effective in those positions. Mm -hmm. And... So the more we persist and the more games we get into this connection and this ability to rotate through the midfield, it's exciting. I think mm -hmm. it, the future is looking really, really promising with these guys. And, this, and you know, obviously Darcy Parrish saying during the week that he's, he's keen to stay. Mm -hmm. So it, it's going to be interesting to see where we're at 12 months from now, mm -hmm. 18 months from now, 24, year, 24 months from now, not 24 years. Um, if we can keep this group together and we can continue to get consistent game time into them, mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a really powerful mid midfield. Yeah, I agree. I'm just really excited. In. Mm, you just broke up for a second there, what would you say? Oh, sorry, I just, I'm really excited for the future of the club if we can keep some of these guys in, or not mm. some of, all of these guys in. I just think there's a lot of promise and there's a mm. lot of hope. Mm. with these guys that we have look i i really like stringer around the football as well but i'd much yeah. rather and and i like his aggression and he's working hard you can really see it he's really mm -hmm. working to shepherd for teammates to tackle to chase to do all that and i really like this version of jake stringer um but i'd just rather a midfield that doesn't need him i'd just rather we be able to see mm. him in the forward line, pinch hit, you know, in the middle when he needs to, um, and let him be that X factor forward of the ball rather than um, having to use his big body around the contest, which is really good. He's, he's I, I can't fault him 
in, in terms of his effort. I think it's good for him, though. Like, I think he's copped so much criticism through his career. And so mm. I actually really like seeing him play this team role. Mm. And I think I would hope it also brings him some confidence as well mm. because he's copped so much negativity. And so I like this Jake Stringer that we're getting that pops up that does the team thing. And, yeah, we all love a Stringer flashy goal, but I would, you know, if this is a role for him that keeps him happy, healthy, committed, I'm all for it. I just mm. really like the Jake Stringer we're getting this year. Mm. Yeah, me too. I, I really like it quite a lot. Uh, how's Heppel? Can I? Uh, I actually think Heppel is doing well. Yeah. Uh, this, I think this... Heppel has, has since, you know, Matthew, the Collingwood sympathiser, was calling for his head earlier in the year. I think he's really stepped up. I think his accuracy has improved. I think he's hard at the contest. I really like what Heppel is doing this year. I think I, think- I was early, sorry, earlier in the season, I was worried that it was going to be like a slow, painful death for Heppel to retirement. But I think he's still a really valuable part of our team. I think this has been Heppel's best season since he cut his hair. You talk about this hair a lot, but yes, I agree with you. It's been I, his I, best season for a long time. Yeah, I'm. And last night he was clean. He was composed. He, I, he had one turnover. That was mm. not even really his fault. You know, mm. I. Yeah, I, I think. If, I if think he's is, giving us that quiet leadership that we yeah, need. Yeah, I'm, I'm the- really liking people, and and particularly his last couple of weeks. But yeah, yeah. I. For all those naysayers, you, he's proved it. Matthew? He proved them all wrong. Um, yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Can I touch on something? Mm. Um, so I was watching the footy show this morning, listening to Matthew Lloyd talk. Mm. And um, so that last, um, let's call it mistake by Nick Martin that ended up costing us the game. Yes. I he made a really good point and and what i think that comes down to for nick martin like is he the reason we lost the game no, no. there were other opportunities that no, we there, missed there were there were five or six goals that we should have kicked that we didn't so no yeah. it's not nick martin's yeah. fault so yeah i absolutely don't think it's nick martin's fault at all um what he was saying was he was comparing collingwood against i don't know whoever cuz collingwood always get out of these tight positions and how they get themselves out of it. And basically what it comes down to is experience. So he was saying if you watch Collingwood in that exact same situation, what they're doing is short handballs, keeping the ball in close, Mm -hmm. basically trying to avoid that exact situation. So I fully understand why Nick Martin kicked it and he was like, we don't want to get done for holding the ball and giving them a kick on goal, so I'm going to try and kick this ball Yep. Get it out of the forward line so hopefully they don't score. Yeah. But what Matthew Lloyd was saying was, you know, if you watch Collingwood in that same situation, they're keeping it in. They're not being so afraid about um, a holding the ball because late in that game, generally, they're not going to call a holding the ball anyway. Yeah. They're in that position. They're going to do a ball up. Mm-hmm. And so I think that mistake really comes down to a lack of experience and a lack of understanding what to do in that pressure situation from yeah, a young I, team. I agree. When when 
it was going to a boundary throw. Like, really, if you're going to kick it, you might as well kick it to the boundary and get paid deliberate. And it's a more difficult kick, you know, yeah. if, if they're kicking from 50 right on the boundary, knowing yeah. that the siren's going to go and they can't um, they can't run, run around. Run around, yeah. Um, or you just kick it along the ground. And, again, you're more fine, deliberate, whatever. Um, yeah. But I agree, keeping it in close, handballing, trying to run it out almost rugby style. Is, yeah. It would have wasted more time rather. Yeah. And look, he, he kicked it from 55, mm. right? So in most it, conditions, it's highly yeah. unlikely that that's going to go through for a goal. Yeah, even them marking there, it, it was a very, very tough kick. And you've got to give credit to Houston. The end of the game, exhausted. Um, the, but the difference that you get with that is he had so little pressure on him because they'd won 11 straight. And so yeah. for them, knowing, and this is why Ken Hinckley coaches, whatever, any, if he'd missed that, really, no one cares. No biggie, yeah. Because it's, they're still, they're still the second on the of, Exactly, and that narrative of another team that lost after the bye, you know? Like, yeah, right. Like they're, they're, not, they're, they're not requiring him to kick that, and that's why he was able to go back and, and slot it so comfortably because when your team is in good form and you've won 11, you've got enough credits in the bank that one loss doesn't kill you. Right. Yeah. Um, and it was a good kick, and we nearly yeah. touched it on the line, and you know it could be a very, very different story. But yeah. I, but you're right. The experience to then, and and Brad Scott will talk about this that we should have just been able to milk the clock with 20 seconds left. You should be able to handball it enough, get it to another boundary throw in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, not give a free kick away, um, and be able yeah. to just milk the clock enough that you win that game. But but that's a second-year player, you know, exactly. in a high-pressure exactly. position making that mistake. Like, you know, you're not going to blame him for the loss. It's not his fault. And, it's just experience. And if the ball gets another... over the back of him, then we've won the mm. game, right? So if, yeah. if there's two more metres on the kick, we've won the game. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's very fine margins. Will we learn more from the loss than we would have from a win? I think so. I think mm, so. Absolutely. Um, But it... For the most part, look, it's still so raw and fresh that and I, I'm sure we haven't analysed it very well. But I thought our defence as a whole really held their own and really did quite a great job. Midfield stepped up after getting smashed early and really mm -hmm. pleased with the response from there. I thought the coaching group did a really good job um, making the moves that they did to get us back into the ascendancy. It's just that forward line needs some chemistry, doesn't it? And I don't think... Mm -hmm. I don't think changing the mix will help that. So Yeah, I think it's just time and time mm. playing together. Mm. I what I just really like is this year, and I said this last week, mm. whether we make finals or we don't make finals, it's really good to watch a game and to go like I actually tipped the bombers last night, probably stupidly, mm. but to to watch a game and every week be like, we're a chance here. Yep versus every week we're like, oh, how much are we going to lose by? Mm -hmm. So I think just from pure enjoyment, being able to actually watch the footy and get some enjoyment out of it, I think this season for me has been a success already, whether we make finals or we don't make finals. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So why don't we take a little bit of a break? Um, and when we come back, we'll have a chat about uh, the next game and then what the rest of the season looks like.
Okay, 3.20. Sunday, Marvel Stadium. We've got the Crows. This is a... South Australia. Yep, the pride of South Australia. This is a massive, massive game. Uh, Because we're vying for the same final spot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. if we have this is quick... actually a mini final for us. This, this, is, for no, this is not a mini final. This is 100% a final. This is, 100% this is a, a final, final for, for both teams. For yeah. both teams. So yeah. it's going to be a kicking game. So if we just quickly look ahead at, at the rest of the games that we have this year. So that Dockers loss really hurts. And Port yeah. Adelaide, you would have thought that we would have lost that. That I think had we won, then we're, we're back on track, right? So we're very yeah. close. We, this is a must win. So we've got a must-win against Adelaide. Then we've got Geelong, which I think is the next one we look at that we have to win if we want to make up mm. for that Fremantle game, right? So we've yep. got Adelaide, which is just hands down, if we're going to make finals, this is a must-win. We've got Geelong. Then we've got the Bulldogs, Sydney, West Coast, North, Giants, Collingwood. Okay, so, so we win Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Let's, if we lose to Geelong... We're struggling a little bit. That means we have to beat both the Bulldogs and Sydney, and Sydney are finding some form, finally. You of think we, they are. You think we definitely beat West Coast. Anything can happen against North, but on form you'd say we win. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Giants, they're playing now. So they who knows where, where form is in four weeks. They might have had another dip then. They could be going really well. And then you They're currently we'd... beating Melbourne as yeah. we speak. Yeah, and so then you'd assume we'd lose to Collingwood. So... Mm-hmm. We can still look. We're still in control of our own destiny if we win enough games. I think our best can beat Geelong. I think our best can beat the Bulldogs. I think our best can beat Sydney, and I think a little bit less than our best can beat West Coast and, and North. But it it's getting to squeaky bum time for the end of the year. If what if does we, that even mean? <laughs> just getting a bit itchy, a bit a bit nervous. So yeah, I think we're like. I think we're more chance to not make finals than we are to make finals at this point, if I'm mm. honest. Mm. I mean, we, we probably don't get a lot of players back for Adelaide. Really, Setterfield's the only one left that is is unavailable through injury. Who, you yeah. know, he's not unavailable because they're building fitness or whatever. So, and I think he's still maybe two or three weeks away. I Do you think we make any changes before this game? Um. What options are there for the forward line? None, right? We can bring... Well, we've got options for small forwards, but I don't think small forwards are the changes that I would make. It would be more the tools. Yeah, so we can bring in Patrick Voss. Uh, The VFL won by point today, which is really good. It's really promising. Um, I am of the opinion that we don't make any changes. Mm -hmm. Um, Adelaide... Did anyone get injured? Not as far as I know. Mm-hmm. BZT took another massive knock. Oh, I did, didn't he? he did. Gosh. So if, if he's not right, then I think it's a no-brainer. Assuming he got through the game okay today, you bring in Baldwin. But otherwise, mm-hmm. I, I don't think you make any changes. I think this this team matches up very well against the Adelaide team that played yesterday. Um, I mm-hmm. think they don't have um, – they don't play second ruck. They've got Phil Thorpe that they play into the ruck, I think. Wiedemann slash right matches up pretty well against him in the ruck. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you just back the boys in and let them um, 
try and get us over the line in you know what is going to be. I think it's going to be a sellout at Marvel. Yeah, uh, I think it's Sunday be, afternoon against the Crows. I think it's going to be packed. It's going to be. Um, I'm really excited for it. Actually, it's going to be a good game. Yeah. So, does the I, I'm glad we're playing it in Marvel, not Adelaide Oval, to be honest, because mm. the Crows have been pretty woeful away from Adelaide. Um, yeah. But I think the home crowd, if we can pack this out, I think the home crowd will make a huge difference. Huge, huge difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. And hopefully gets us back on the winners list. But it's tough. It's tough. I don't. Yeah. For me, I don't think we make any changes, and I think if we can get our system going, we should win relatively comfortably. But. Mm-hmm. Adelaide, their form at their best, they're really good. They're yeah. really good at their best. So yeah. they're they're like us, right? They can beat anyone. So it just depends. Mm-hmm. Depends on who kicks more efficiently, depends on luck of the draw. Who gets the, mm. the right calls at the right time. I, I this is a genuine I think this is a blockbuster and I think this is probably the game of the round next week. Let's let's have a look. This is a real fifty fifty game too. Yeah. Like, I'm real I'm really excited. Like, you can't call this one. So, if we look at next week, next round, let's have a look at these games. Richmond, Sydney, who cares? Bulldogs, Collingwood, mm, not as exciting. Lions, West Coast, definitely not. Giants, Hawthorne, meh. St Kilda, Melbourne could be a good one. Port Adelaide mm. Suns is lame. Geelong, North, lame. Fremantle, Carson. This is the game of the round. There's, I'm calling it. This is the most exciting game for the neutral mm. across the entire round. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's kind of like that Carlton-Collingwood game last round, last season. Mm, mm. So, yeah, for me, I don't think we make any changes. I think we back these boys in. They, like I said... They did uh, well against uh, the top team in tough conditions. When the siren went, we were in front. So, yeah. the, and Port Adelaide, are, they're going to play in the grand final this year, right? They're a very, very good team. Mm. So, mm. which actually... Let's dream. Let's dream. Yes. Let, let's dream for just one minute. Can let's, you play some, like, when you edit this, some, like, like dreamy music? Just maybe. To I'll see what I can find. Um, so let's dream. Let's dream about us finishing fifth, winning our first Let, final. Perhaps a mirror image of this game, Adelaide at Marvel Stadium. Then mm. we play... Well, let's have a look at the ladder. Then we happen to get Melbourne at the MCG, right? Like, Let's see what the ladder looks like now. So let's say we finish fourth or fifth. Uh, load silly website. So let's say we finish fourth or fifth. We play Adelaide in a home elimination final. We end up playing Melbourne at the G in a semi. We beat them because we've beaten them before this year. And then we get Port Adelaide at Adelaide Oval in a prelim. Oh. I think. Surely we're going to Adelaide. It will definitely be in Adelaide. Oh, no, we're going there. we are going there. Oh, maybe, maybe. But I think if that wouldn't it be sweet? Because I, I think we have shown this year that we are not far off. Whether it's just one of those things where our we match up well against them, etc., etc. Mm. Mm. We get Port Adelaide in a prelim final. I would back our boys in to get the. Job I would out. too. Because, like, we would be going over there, no pressure whatsoever. All the pressure would be on Port Adelaide as having been the most dominant team, dominant team all season. Mm. Um, and these, like, little Essendon upstarts 
Like, I would, I agree with you. I would back us in 100% to win that game. Anyway, okay, stop dreaming. Stop dreaming. Well, there's so much that needs to happen between now stop and dreaming. then. Stop dreaming. We need to beat Adelaide on Sunday. Um, yeah. And I think it's going to be great. Whether whether we look, I'll be really disappointed if we lose. But geez, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for Sunday. Let's make a day of it. How are we going to make a day? Tell me. Uh, we'll work it out during the week. Maybe the listeners can message us and and tell us how to make a day of it. But I'm excited. I feel like we need some love from our listeners. By the way, listeners yeah. out there, send yeah. us some love. Send us some comments. Some messages. Send us some DMs. On Insta. we 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 want to get involved with you guys. We want to get to know you. Or maybe there are no listeners. Maybe it's literally just us listening to our own episodes. Well, I don't listen, but hey, maybe. I I listen. I listen because I'm all about personal growth and development. So I listen to so I can see how I can be better for our listeners. Yeah. How's that for commitment? That's that's very committed. So find us on Instagram. Find us on Facebook. uh, Follow us. Give us a five-star review on whatever you're listening on. uh, Tell your Essendon mates about us. Until next time, Laura. Go Bombers. Go Doms.